0: When the Spirit of God comes to Mary, or really it's the angel comes to Mary and says, the Spirit's about to come and do some stuff here that there's no scientific explanation for. And that's the thing. It's really hard to talk accurately and clearly about the things of the soul that, uh, there's not a science for it. There's an art for it. Gabriel comes and he says to Mary that, something's about to happen and there's no grid for it. There's no precedent. It's never happened before and it's never going to really happen like this again. You're about to, you're about to get pregnant. And she says, very logically, how's, how can this be? And he says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. How many of you know that's not an explanation? <laughs> that's not detail. That's, something's going to happen when God gets a hold of you. The work... The the, the calling, the vocation of the Lord, the the mantle of the Lord calls to your soul, calls to your spirit, and the the work itself begins to speak to you, begins begins to whisper, begins to pull on a part of you beyond hearing. It's not just a conversation, hey, I need you to do a job. It's deeper than that. And you begin to sense that there's, there's a work calling to you. And the work says something so profoundly deep. It's not, hey, carry this bag from here to over there. It's something deeper. It's bear this. Take this in. Bear this life. Carry this thing. You can't hurry it up and you can't slow it down. All you can do is say yes to it. And if you'll carry this... Then, then you can let what I'm calling you to step into, you can let this thing become so much a part of you that then you're able to bring it forth and let it take on flesh in the world. And even then it will still be a part of you. Forever, it'll forever be a part of you. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about vocation. I'm talking about the thing you were made for. If you look around at the world, the world is like, like an empty wine glass that was made not just to sit there on the shelf, it was made to showcase the wine. Or a violin, it's like a violin's not made to be pretty. It's, it's made to do things that if you just looked at it and you, and you picked, even if you picked it up and started to mess with it, unless you had the right skill, you wouldn't know how to make it fulfill its purpose. But a, a violin is made. To make beautiful music. And the wine glass is made. To showcase. And carry the wine. And the world is made. To display the glory of God. And you and I. Are made. To be activated. Like sails in a ship. They can be beautiful. you You can put designs on them. Or they can be plain as day. But what's required. Is for that sail To be out of the harbor and filled with wind. And until it's filled with wind, it's not fulfilling its purpose. In fact, it's the wind that finds the purpose of the sail. And so Gabriel comes and says to Mary, something's going to happen. And when it happens, I... See, he's not actually the the real question. He's the preparation for for the question. He's the preparation for the work. The work actually comes in the moment when the Spirit of God comes upon her. But he's preparing her so that in that moment, there's a yes. There's a cooperation that happens. Now, the same kind of thing happens down the street in her cousin's family. You know the story I'm referring to? John the Baptist's dad. His name is? Zachariah. He doesn't ask the question, how? How? how will this happen? He has a different question that causes the same angel to be like, hmm, now you lose your voice. And I've thought about this, that Mary, Mary takes this call, this, this, this thing that's coming that says, bear me, carry me, give birth to me, and flesh me. She becomes servant to the work. She becomes servant to the work, and the work teaches you. You learn to listen to the work. You're not writing the song. You're straining to hear the song that exists already. You're not coming up with lyrics. You're learning from the lyrics that emerge. She's not, she's not making Jesus. She's bearing him. You're not inventing the life God's called you into. You're responding to something you can't, you can't quite define. But down the street, here comes Zachariah. And doubt enters the picture. And doubt's always in the picture. Doubt was there with Mary, too. We're not talking about absolute certainty versus absolute doubt, ever, ever. If you have absolute certainty, there's no reason for faith. There's no need for faith. This is why when we cross the line over the threshold into eternity, there's no need for faith anymore because faith has become sight. It's become so certain. You don't need to trust anymore. But on this side of the line... All of our faith includes some measure of doubt. Or no faith is required, just like no courage is required if there's no fear involved. It's a similar dynamic. So down the street is Zechariah, and the angel comes to him and says, you're going to have a son too. And he experiences doubt. And what doubt, if it crosses a threshold, will do is it will steal your voice. When you become so clouded with with enough doubt... You, you're immobilized. It's not an issue of God's mad at Zechariah. Doubt will do that without the Lord intervening. If you get enough... see, it's such, such an, and The things of the Spirit sometimes are so subtle, and sometimes our faith is so small that we have to protect what the Lord's given to us and not even tell a soul... Because what we're holding on to is precious, but our hands are so weak. I'm. This is not me telling you, don't tell stuff, don't tell people stuff. I'm letting you know there are times when what the Lord says is so precious that I refuse to even put it out here for public evaluation. <laughs> so there might be something the Lord, the Lord's doing in you that's, it's, it's, it's a zygote, it's just... You're not fully pregnant yet. The, the thing is so fragile in your womb that you, you, you know, you dare not do a jumping jack or breathe too heavy. Just don't even do stairs. And then, and then you might get to this place where the thing that's birthing in you is so robust and so strong you can run through a wall. You'd be like one of those moms running triathlons and stuff going, I hope the baby comes soon. I'm going to go dig Audra McDormand. She's like, I dug a ditch. I was sick of waiting for this baby. What is she doing? She's digging a ditch. Here, let me help. What are you doing? No, get away from me. I'm trying to have a baby. <laughs> but there are times that, that, that we, we can lose our voice. We can shut down the thing that God wants to bring out because we just listen to the wrong voice at the wrong time. There's enough internal doubt that if some person out here or too many people out here agree with these internal doubts, So there's a time and a place to just protect what's being born in your your soul. Or only let carefully people in to that area that will breathe life on what God's trying to do in you. And the purpose of that isolation and that protection is so that eventually it will benefit the world. Sometimes people are introverted on purpose for the sake of the world. So if you have that nature in you of of saying, I got to be by myself, or I start turning mean, then go be by yourself. We don't need you mean. And if you're wired the opposite way, I can't be by myself, or this fire goes out, then go be with people who fill that up. And there's a third person that I wanted to talk about this morning. So we have Mary... And she's teaching us about calling. She's teaching us about how to say yes. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to give birth to the Messiah. A, a, that's been done. B, hello, I'm a guy. All right. But she is teaching us about subtle and deep things having to do with the yes of our soul to the one who calls. And learning to take the posture of a servant to the work, to the word, to the, to the spirit. Because it's so much deeper. Jesus put it this way, I just do what I see the Father doing and I just say what I hear the Father saying. But again, it's so much deeper than just mathematically carry this to this point, drop it here and leave. Because when he says, I'm I'm hearing what the Father is saying, he's not just hearing the information from heaven. What's that? He's got this little CIA thing in his ear. Mm -hmm. Yes, a red shirt. A red shirt. Six foot four, I see him. Yep, take him down, you know. <laughs> heal him, heal him. Get, him, get him anointed. No, no, he's actually seeing what God sees. He's, he's feeling what God feels. It's not just information. So when the, when the word comes to Mary and says, bear me, enflesh me, carry me, give life to me, it's not simply, I got a task for you to do. Put it on your to-do list, do it, check it off. No, it becomes her. It becomes her. And now, this just like all parents, a part of you now walks around, a part of your heart now walks around totally vulnerable to the world. Anyone? No one here knows what I'm talking about? And I think sometimes, what have I done? I've just taken—I've done that six times, which statistically and probabilistically makes it more likely that I'm now going to experience even more hardship and heartache. And then I think, why would I think like that? That's a useless way to think. I've multiplied my love. A third person that I wanted to talk about is Simeon at the temple. Do you remember Simeon and Anna at the temple? So Jesus is now a baby and they bring him to the temple to get him sort of the Jewish version of like a baby dedication service. They want to present him before the Lord. And Simeon and Anna are constantly prophesying and praying. They're, they're, you know, they're sort of the charismatics of these early scenes. Anna's always in the temple fasting and praying. And both of them have their eyes on the horizon going, the Messiah is coming soon and we can sense it. And when he comes, it's going to change everything. Because the hope of the world hangs on this baby, this promised, promised person. And Simeon, now, again, we don't get detail. Don't you want detail? Don't you want to sit down with Simeon? And it says, now it had been revealed, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's anointed. And I'm like, how? Ezekiel, and the, word, and the Lord spoke to me and said, son of man. And I'm like, hold on, slow down, back up. How did he speak? Did he speak audibly in your ear, like Ravi, Kandal, where you feel the breath on your skin? Did he speak in the small voice in your, in your heart? Did he speak like you do most of the time to me, as just a sense of knowing? Did you get visual stimulus across the front of your lens, like in the imagination, the, your mind's eye? Were you in a vision? Were you in a trance? Come on, I need the details, son. It really bothers me that I don't get them. But somehow or another, and we don't get the details, it had been revealed to him that he would not physically die Until he saw, And so, here comes baby Jesus with his parents. Well, here comes his parents carrying baby Jesus. (laughs) And Simeon, the same way that we don't get to know how he heard the Lord say, you won't die until, we don't get to know how he recognized. How do you know when you're supposed to go across the aisle at the supermarket and pray for that person, and that if you didn't, it would be disobedience? How do you know? I don't know how I know. I just know that I know. You know what I'm saying? Some of you do, and some of you are like, I don't know, and that's annoying. And then at the end, he he sees the baby, and what he says is, now dismiss your servant in peace, for mine eyes have seen. In other words, Ida can die now. (laughs) That's quite a statement. You ever had that moment? where you know that you know that you did what you were on the planet to do, and now it's like, if you die now, it's like all bonus. If you get extra days after this, it's like all, it's all Christmas bonus, you know what I mean? There's this musician, jazz musician, and he had a night where he was, you know, jazz is mostly improvisational, but they're highly prepared, because you can only improvise with integrity if you're prepared with discipline. Yeah. You can only improvise with integrity if you prepare with discipline. And so, they're not up there winging it. They've been woodshedding five times as long as the people who do everything by memory memorization. And so he's up there, and he is playing. I think he was a trumpet player. and He's up there, and he's... It could have been Coltrane. I think it might have been... I don't know who it was. Come on, help me out here, Lord. Then who plays trumpet? Let's pretend it was a sax player named Coltrane. And he's playing this set in this small club. Tiny club, right? Nobody notices. Small group of people. But at the end, as he's walking off in Latin... He says, nunc dimittis, now dismiss your servant in peace. What? Hold up. He gets it. What he's saying is in that moment, in that tiny club with just a few handful of people, he played with such a unity of soul, body, and spirit. Is a man of faith. Who knows that even though he never mentioned the name Jesus or even used words, that he was the, the hand of the Lord. He was expressing something about the glory of the Lord. He was being that violin or that wine glass. And so at the end of this, this solo where he knew that he had so perfectly conveyed and played the notes that the Father was wanting to be expressed in the ways that they were meant to, that at the end he could say, now dismiss your servant. It was Coltrane. I like that. Now dismiss your servant in peace, for mine eyes have seen. Like Mary, the work comes to us, or the word, or the spirit, or the call comes to us. We don't manage it. We don't push it around. We learn to listen to the work. And we have to listen to our heart to listen to the work because that's where our word speaks. And we learn to bear it and take it in, and it becomes a part of us, and then we bring it forth for the world. And the whole process is intensely vulnerable. And we're so involved, we're so engaged, we're not objective, nor are we protected. It's all risky. And we're not certain, we're not sure, but we are stepping out in faith. And if we're too clouded by doubt, we lose our voice. But if we walk in it and we let it do its thing, we might get to that place where one day we can say, now dismiss your servant in peace my eyes have seen.